We had a great Sunday last uh, weekend, and a lot of great stories that uh, came out of it. I think one of my favorite is, uh, as a church, we had the privilege of having Santa visit us. And uh, one of the young children, Santa, was having a conversation with him and asked him, uh, not surprisingly, what he would like to have for Christmas. Uh, very surprised by the reaction because the little boy was a bit frustrated and uh, irritated and said, I just told you last week. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'd share that with you tonight. There's few things that motivate me more than seeing another person who does everything they can to build their own character, where they're becoming wiser and stronger, and by stronger I mean stronger in, in character who they are, and more caring of other people. And not only their character, but added to this, they have this unrelenting passion to maximize their life. There's within them this deep inner drive to develop their abilities and their skills. They never stop learning, and in the best sense of the word, they, they keep pushing themselves to do better. As much as I wanted to live this way as a 20-year-old, I, I still want to live this way. In fact, I want to become even more intentional and more passionate about it. My heroes have always been men and women in their 70s and 80s and even their 90s who are still going strong. It's as if they have this perfect combination of character and expertise and, and this unending enthusiasm for life. And I would say that as much as I'm, I'm motivated by them to want to wanna be the same way, as I, as I look back on my 40 years of being a pastor, I think one of my, my greatest joys is seeing someone take that first step in that journey. And then to, to see them over a period of years, how they, they've developed as a person and you get to know them, and you see them, and you, you say, yeah, they're becoming wiser, they're becoming stronger, and, and they love people more. And then even better than that, you see the influence that they can have on other people, where other people's lives are better off because, because of them. I love seeing this potential in every person. It's what I love about life. And you know, I experienced this re recently at an event that I went to where sitting across from me at, at the same table was someone whose, whose life was broken. And that whole evening, I, I kept thinking about what their life could become, the God-given potential that they have. This is what I'd like us to see this evening from the scripture that Brian just read. And, and what I'd like us to think about is that life is a journey, and and walking it, we have a choice. To either walk it with no sense of plan or, or purpose in our life, where we just seem to go aimlessly through life. Or to walk it with a, a whole lot of intentionality, where we, we really do have a plan and we have a purpose for our life. And, and we, we want to do everything we possibly can to max out who we are as a person. We, we have this dream of what we want to be five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now. In fact, at the end of every year, we look at the next year and we dream of the possibilities of what God can do in us and through us. Walking this journey of life the first way is an easy thing to do. 
Life just happens, and we don't do much to make it one way or the other, whether good or bad. It just happens. We're, we're kind of a passive participator. Walking it the second way, where we have purpose and we have plan to our life. When we want to make the most of our life, that takes courage. It, it takes courage to, to take the first step in that journey. It takes courage to keep on walking, taking one step after another throughout our life, persevering in, in that journey so that, so that our journey ends well, our life ends well. This is what grabbed me this year as I read this story of these wise men who journeyed to see Jesus. These men were, I realized, not wise in name only. They, they were wise in what they did with their lives. I, I believe that these men made the most of their lives, especially their spiritual life. They wanted to maximize who they were and, and what God could do through them. They, they had a plan to make it happen, and they, they had the courage to take that first step and, and every step in this journey. There's one part of life I'm convinced intersects and impacts every other part of our life. It's, it is that spiritual part, the, the relationship that we have with God. And what I'd like to do this evening is, is just think about this to these wise men. And I'm guessing that we're all at different points in, in our spiritual journey. You, if you and I could talk, you might say, be honest with you, Steve, I... I really haven't thought a whole lot about my spiritual life. I, I really don't have any relationship with God. If you're here this evening and that's where you're at, I want to thank you for coming. And my hope is that, that you would consider this evening to take that first step in a relationship with God. Or it might be that you'd say, well, you know, Steve, I started that journey years ago, but life Life sidetracked me. I, I had this picture of what I wanted to be and I wanted to accomplish, but, but I lost sight of it. And if that's you, what I'm hoping tonight is that you, you pick up where you left off and you, you, you'll take that step forward again in your relationship with God. And again, it's a courageous thing to do. Or it might be that you're here and you would say, you know, Steve, I began, began that journey a year ago or five years ago, or 20 years ago, or even longer. And, and what I would say to you, if, if you're saying, you know what, I, I just keep taking those steps and I keep persevering, and I want to thank you for doing that. And my hope this evening is that what I say might, might help you consider to take, uh, in, as you look at the year ahead, to take another significant step forward in your relationship with God. The song that Rob and his little troop of singers sang this evening, I got to tell you, I, that is something you could never get me to do, what they just did. So I'm glad that there are people that love to do that kind of stuff, and I would do a terrible job. The song they sang, and the song that I sang as a child, tells us that there were three wise men in this story. We actually don't know the number. There might have been a far larger group of men who went to see Jesus. And it's biblical scholars tell us that they came from the Persian Empire. And, and depending on where in the Persian Empire they came from, they, they might have traveled a distance that was well over 800 miles. No small distance by any standard, but especially so in the ancient world. 
And unlike the shepherds and the angels who went to see Jesus the night he was born, they went later. You might say that they came seeking Jesus after Christmas was over. We know this is true because when they arrived, Jesus was no longer a newborn infant. He was a, a young child, totally different word in the Greek to describe him. And he was no longer in a stable, but he was in a house. Read ancient history and you discover that these men were astrologers who in the world of that day were a mix of philosophers and spiritual leaders. So they were the ones that, that many people looked for guidance in, in their every aspect of their lives, even the king of Persia. And so they had a lot of respect. They, were, they had a significant amount of influence and power over other people. These men were deeply concerned about the mysteries of the universe and the mysteries of human existence. And, and they believed the answers to the mysteries that, that so troubled them were to some degree found in the stars. Once when they were looking into the stars and studying them, they saw something occur in the heavens that caused them to believe that the king of the Jews had been born. What they saw, nobody actually knows. It, it might have been the conjunction of the planet Jupiter and the planet Saturn that took place at that time, or it might have been a, a comet in the sky, or some people believe it was a supernatural light that God himself had created for that, for that very moment that had the brightness of a star. Whatever it was, it motivated them to search for Jesus. Which might lead you to wonder, how is it possible for these men who, who lived in another country, who were a part of a religion that was very different from, from the religion of the Jewish people, how would they know about a king who would be born to the nation of Israel? Well, if you get into the story a little bit and imagine a little bit, I, I think it happened this way, that we know for a fact that there were men and women, Jewish men and women, who, who lived in the land of Persia. And what I believe happened is that they told others about their faith in a God who, who was very different from the God of the Persians. Un, unlike the gods that the Persians worshipped that were, were wicked and cruel and very impersonal, the God of the Jewish people was, was loving and and kind and holy. He was, he was a God who was very much personal. And I believe that these wise men would have heard about this God. And I'm convinced that it got them wondering if they were worshiping the right gods. And as much as any one of us today, they were asking questions, this, the same questions we ask about God and, and life's purpose and eternity. And from these verses in Matthew's gospel, we know that they heard about this king that God had promised to the nation of Israel, a king who would come and once again make their nation into a great nation. These wise men are reminders to us today of all the prophecies given in the Old Testament about Christ's birth, including a prophecy 
given by a prophet named Balaam before Israel even began, became a nation. A, a prophecy pointing to a star appearing in the heavens that would be a sign of Christ's birth. Knowing about this prophecy, and as astrologers seeing this sudden appearance of a star, they, they put it all together. And they decide that this is something that they've got to see to themselves, that there's too much here for them not to make this journey. And if it's true, if they find this child God promised to send, they've decided to worship him as their king. And more than their king, as their God. Here's what we can't miss. Even though these men were living in a different time and in a different nation, they faced the same questions every one of us face in the 21st century in America. Questions about God, our, our relationship to this God, and, and our own purpose and meaning in life. Looking back at my 40 years as being a pastor, it's impossible for me to put a number on the many times that I've had conversations with people asking these questions. And, and really, they're, they're the right questions to ask. And anyone with an open and inquiring mind will be asking these questions. It might be that you came here this evening because this is where you're at, you're you're asking these kinds of questions, and, and you, you're hoping that this evening will do more for you than simply give you a, a, a good Christmas-like feeling that's here for a few days, or maybe even this evening, and, and then it's gone. You're, you're asking questions about God. Who is God, and and what kind of relationship can you have with God? You're, you're asking questions about the choices you need to make for your own life right now. Choices about what to value and, and where to invest your life, your time, and your abilities. You're, you're asking questions about relationships. You're asking questions about the right moral choices to make for life. And you're asking questions about eternity. Is it possible to know what happens to someone after they die? Is there, is there a heaven and a hell? Is it, is it possible to know where I'm going to spend eternity? These are questions that all of us ask at some point in our life. And those are questions you might be asking. If, and if you are, we'd love the opportunity to hear your questions and, and perhaps be able to help you. One of the things we know is that it's a lot easier to ask questions with a group of people who are asking the same questions we're asking and, and to ask questions in a safe place where we know that our questions are going to be welcomed and we're not going to be criticized for them. So one of the things we've done, and when you came in this evening, you might have found a little card, you might be sitting on it right now that has the word explore on it. And on Sunday mornings, we have an eight-week small group experience where you, with a, a group of people asking the same questions, you can, you can ask these questions and you can find answers to them. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing it took a good bit of courage for these wise men to make 
to leave Persia and make this journey when they didn't know the outcome. We know the end of their story, so we know they found who they, they were searching for, but they didn't know this when they left Persia. So here's what not to miss. They had the courage, they had the wisdom to take that first step, even when they didn't know the outcome. You know, there's something, isn't there, about that first step that makes it challenging? And I bet we've all had that experience. I can think of, of, of more than a few things I've done in life where that first step in doing it was the hardest step I took, but once I did it, I was glad I did. I'm, I remember growing up in Minnesota and learning how to dive, and I can still see stepping out on the end of that diving board. And, and the first time I, you know, that willingness to step off and actually do it. And then be so glad I did it once I did it. I remember water skiing, learning how to water ski. And the first time I got up on skis and, and, and just all the fears and the anxiety that went with that. A few years ago, Becky and I were in, in uh, uh, Costa Rica and, and we went up into the mountains, into the rainforest. And one of the things that we did was zip lining. And for the first time in, in all the years I've known Becky, she, she said, when, when, when they asked for volunteers, who would like to go first? To my surprise, she said, I will. And she told me when we got on, she said, I know that if I hadn't done that, and then I watched other people, and I had time to think about what I was going to do, I would never take that, that first step and actually do it. I remember as clearly as if it were today. The first time I took that first step toward God. I didn't know where it was going to lead me. I didn't know how it was going to end. But looking back, I am so thankful. I am so glad that I took that step. And the more that I've read scripture about the life that Jesus lived and the more I've read what he taught, the more I'm convinced he's who he claimed to be, the eternal son of God. And the longer that I've followed him as my savior, the better life has got. I, I have multiple reasons to be thankful and I have zero regrets for taking that first step and every step after. Um, this story about these wise men is a great true story. It's fun to see how they went to Jerusalem expecting what anyone would expect, that the king of Israel would be born in its capital city. Better yet, when they, when they asked where to go and when they were told the answer they were given was based on a prophecy given by the prophet Micah, Hundreds of years before Christ's birth, predicting exactly that he would be born in this little town of Bethlehem. And best of all, to see how it ended for these men. They found Jesus, and when they did, they knew they found God's Son. I'm convinced they knew this. It's, it's why they fell to their knees and worshipped him. It's why they opened their treasures and joyfully gave each one to him. This is what happens 
when you understand that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, the creator of this universe, the one who took on himself God's judgment for your sin and died for you on a cross, when you know who he is and, and what he did, you'll do the same thing these wise men did. You'll surrender to him, worship him, and you'll give him what you treasure most. You see, finding Jesus is a discovery of the holiness of God, which alone shows you your own sinfulness and your need of God's forgiveness, and it's also a discovery of God's love in sending his son to be your savior. See, the more you understand the greatness and the holiness and the love of God, the more you'll love him and serve him and give what you treasure most to him. Finding Jesus, it does have a beginning point. You do take that first step, but in, in a wonderful way, I got to tell you, it's a journey that never ends. You you begin a lifetime of finding, of discovering the greatness of God and the holiness of God and the love of God. A lifetime of taking one step after another, trusting, trusting your life to Jesus, trusting to him everything you treasure the most. This is what Christmas is all about. God gave his son, the one he treasured the most, to be your savior. I'm convinced these wise men understood this. And it's why they worshiped Jesus and gave him their treasures. You know, um, sometimes when um, a story becomes so familiar to us, and we've heard it so many times, it almost um, loses its ability to communicate to us because we've read it so often that we think we know everything about it. And then when we have the opportunity to look at it, it's as if God can't speak to us because we, we say to ourselves, well, I've heard that story so many times. I, I know exactly what it, what it means. I've read that, that story so many times. As a child, you know, I was a, one of those unfortunate children that was chosen to be one of three who would sing We Three Kings of Orientar. Absolutely, you know, horrible events in my life as a child. Um, got over it. But, you know, it's so familiar. Every year, how many sermons I've done on it, I, did, I have no idea. Forty years of ministry. But it's really something when you can pick up God's word and it can speak to you in a moment. And that's really what happened to me this year. Because as I, as I looked at that, I really tried to put myself right where these men were. And what it must have meant for them. Because what they set out doing, it was, it, was, it was a whole new world for them. It was everything different. I mean... They had grown up learning about all these gods of the Persians. They had worshipped those gods themselves. They, they thought all the answers for life were found in the stars. But they had heard about this God of this Jewish people, these people that lived in their land, almost 
foreign people, almost like, you know, who were they, these Jewish people? But they heard about this God who was so different from all the different gods that they had grown up with, their whole life that they had heard about, that they themselves had bowed down and worshipped. And what they heard was different than anything they'd heard about God. Instead of God being impersonal, a God to be afraid of, a God to fear, a God who was as wicked as they were themselves, the God that they heard about was, was a holy God, a, believe it or not, a loving God, a God who really cared for them. And as I read that this year and I thought about it, I thought, you know, it had to have, this really had to grab hold of these men's hearts. It, it had to have done something to them. That's the only reason that they would travel over 800 miles to see for themselves if this child was really born. And I believe with all my heart, I mean, God who created this universe, it would be a small thing for this God to create a, a very special life that would guide them where to go. It's a wonderful story. But it's more than a story. It's what happened. It's true. You know, you might have come here this evening and one of my fears every Christmas Eve is that somebody will come and it'll feel good, it'll be a nice for the moment. And then they'll go out these doors and it's like it's, nothing happened. My hope is that, that you think about what I said this evening. Just even consider it. And if you walked in these doors this evening and and you have no relationship with God. I'm just so grateful that you came. And my hope is that you would consider just, as you look into the year ahead, to just take one, one step forward in seeking to understand who God is and if you could have a relationship with this God. You know, it's possible even this evening, it's a, quite a remarkable thing. You know, we, we talk about gifts at Christmas. The greatest gift of all is God giving his son that he treasures more than anything for you and for me. And God offers his forgiveness and his love and his grace. It's, it's a gift to you. It's what, it's what Christ did for you on the cross. And even before you leave this evening, you can ask God for that gift. And tell God that you need his forgiveness. You're a sinner and you need his grace and your lo his love. And, and you could pray that prayer even as we all sing the final song that we're going to sing together this evening. And we light the candles. Or it might be that you've been on this journey for some time. A year, five years, ten years. And it might be that God's been tapping on your shoulder and God's been saying, you know what, I'd like you to take another step forward in your, your walk with me, your relationship with me. And God's been asking you to, to do something in your own personal life for him. And, and what I would ask you to do this evening is to consider to follow God's leading, to take that step in your relationship with God. So let's pray, and then Rob's going to lead us in a closing song. Right, Rob? And, um, and we'll let you go. Father, I, um, I look forward to meeting these men someday. 
I really want to hear their story. And Father, I thank you for your grace in their lives, and I, I thank you for your love and your grace in each one of our lives. And God, we know this is really what this is all about this evening. It's you loving us. This isn't imaginary. This is real. The creator of this universe, that God, you love us, and you love us so much that you sent your son to be our savior. Father, I pray for anyone here this evening that might be thinking about this. I ask God that you would help them to take that next step. And for all of us, Father, that we would just take that next step in our relationship with you and follow you. In Christ's name, amen.